We're all here. Might as well start. <laughs> We're all here. Might as well start. <laughs> How y'all doing? We're telling your followers that you started a live video. What's up, tough, tough SH1? Hi, Sienna. Yusef, Kessa, Jade, Afterglow, Magoo, Gabriella, Marvella, Brown Sugar, hey girl, or guy, Brown Sugar Melanin. JB, Rachel Cutie, Canelia. Thank you, Brown Sugar. I'm glad you like it because I want to quit every day. Anyway, guys, in six minutes, go over to my YouTube Live. YouTube Live, youtube.com slash Jackie Fabulous. And two hours. And I've had an inappropriate amount of high caffeine coffee. So I'm going to do these two shows and then... I want to uh, probably go for a jog at midnight. I um, The first one is going to be me talking to the booker and the owner of the Comedy Cellar. What I read on Wikipedia is the most popular club in the world. They said the world. And a club that I've been a paid regular at for a relatively short period of time. Probably three years now. I remember it's been a while, but I moved back. So, yeah, probably about three years. I'm going to look up the email, see the exact time. And uh, if you want to be a comedian... If you love comedy, you love comedians, if you want to know, if you are a professional comedian and want to get to the next level, want to see what it takes to get into that club, or you want to hear the history, you just love laughing and you want to hear about how this club came to be, uh, you just want to look at my, my gigantic face, get to know some New York history, any reason. And then after that, Married Dudes Part 4, I have uh, Alex Thomas, Justin Wade, Monroe Martin, and Mike E. Winfield, all four professional, successful comedians, all happily married. I know. Everybody I've had on the show so far has been happily married. Where did they do that at? <laughs> Preacher. What's up, baby? How's it going? Who's the GOAT? You? You are. If we're talking about vegans, you are the greatest vegan of all time. With abs. With amazing abs. How old are you now? Are you almost 30? I feel like you've been 21 or 23 or 25. No, you're 28. You age slowly. 
Men be like, they take five years to get to 30. Where I'm, I've been 30 three times. Miss Angie Photography. Tosca, what it do? Luke Schaefer. I'm live, I think, on, on YouTube right now. I just haven't started my Zoom, so maybe people on YouTube can see me now. But uh, you're awesome. You're awesome. Footwear17, what's going on, baby? Go to my YouTube.com. I'm glowing. Oh, my God. It's because I have all this Fenty shit on. Fenty sell every highlighter. And because and it, it goes to waste. I never realized when I do my makeup and I'm all glittering and blush and highlighter and all this accent and whatever. And then I put on a mask, which is a waste of effort. YouTube.com slash Jackie Fabulous. Or you can go to YouTube and look up Jackie Fabulous. Link in my Instagram bio will take you right to my YouTube page. Luke Schaefer, what's up, baby? Zen to Doc. You know, Bridgeport Stress Factory just uh, called me to come do next weekend, but I'm going to be at Russell Peters in Chicago at the Chicago Improv. Otherwise, I'd have been there. And they're trying to give me an alternative day because I couldn't do the dates they gave me. So keep a lookout. I'm coming back to Bridgeport, Connecticut. Fenty is fab. Thank you, baby. They have, and they're always putting out a new highlighter or blush. They know what they're doing. Taking all this pandemic money that I ain't got. Style threads. Hey, baby. It's my life. It's now or never. I ain't See, I have this coffee. This is Starbucks. It's called Starbucks two times, which means it has twice the caffeine of normal coffee. And I'm drinking it now at 8 p.m. So I'm going to be going to sleep at around noon tomorrow. Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't know who they vote for. Were they a Trump state? I got an attitude with all these states. And, uh, you know, I'm like, do I want to go back on this red state tour? White supremacy and all that crap? Because if you can see me, I'm not the audience. Growling. Put my put my dookie chains inside. Boston. Woo, that sounds like Trump territory. What how did Boston do? I, I feel like they would be a Trump a Trump state. I love you, it's my life. Maybe love your you're a Jamaican. I can't do the Jamaican accent without making a weird face because I'm not really good at it. Oops, I just spit out. Alex Thomas. Let's see what God, I gotta see what he says. I gotta read his text. All right, let me let me log off. Guys, what did he say? Does he know he's on at nine? Anyway, go to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Jackie Fabulous, or the link in my Instagram bio, and go watch two hours of me and amazing guests, all of whom I look up to. And then go to Zooming with the Homies, to here's page at 10. Put your underwear on, or don't won't put it on. Get a glass of everything and stay on YouTube for the next three hours. Okay? Love you. I did email you the link. Let me know if you got it. And thank you. I had fun. Yay! Hi. How are you? Hi, Jackie. Hi, Steve. How are Hi. you? I'm good. 
Why? I want to see your face. Um, why can't I see it? One I second. see Joe Adoram. Yeah, that's my grandson. They didn't okay. change it. Uh, oh no, did I, e I emailed the wrong person? I don't remember who I emailed about this. Take your time. We're here. No, I'm how here. How are you? I'm okay, Jackie. How are you? I'm good. You sure? You're rubbing your face like you're not okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a long day. Essie, you got to unmute your video. Um, one second. Take your time. How are you feeling? Are you sleeping, Noam? What's going on? Are you getting rest? Uh, yeah. Well, my hold on. My son's here. Yes, sir. One second. Take your time. Esty, you okay? Yeah, I can't. I uh, let's click on the. It says start. Start video. Or maybe let me see if I can help at all. Usually it opens up. I have shared a screen. Would that do? I don't know. Ask to start video. I clicked. I sent no. that to you. Who's that little boy, Noam? Who's that? That's my son, Manny. You have a son? You have offspring? I have two sons and a daughter. Oh my God, you yeah. procreate? Hi. No, okay. no, he also has a third son. And I have a 26 year old to you. Ah, wow. How was your name? I'm talking to you. Manny. Manny, how are you, Manny? Well, that's my nickname. My real name is Emmanuel. But I like, I like when people call me Manny. Yes, sir. Then I'm gonna do what you tell me to do because you're the boss. Easy. Are Are you funny, Manny? I don't know. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. If you're not, if you don't know, it means you're not. <laughs> don't listen to your father. He's he's a really harsh critic. You know, he worked with comedians, right? You know, what he does for a living. Yeah, and, and he's you don't. Funny. And he's funny. Oh, here it is. But this. Okay, here comes oh, that. Oh, All right, there's a a horse making some noise. Whose car? Whose dog is that? My dog. <laughs> Tony. Is that a? How big is that dog? It sounds enormous. No. No. He just <laughs> pretends to be. Okay. <laughs> and you're familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. Animals will pretend great to be bigger pretenders. than they actually are. The great pretenders. Yes. How so are you guys? Happening. How are you guys? How are you guys doing? Are we sleeping? Are we getting enough nutrients? Are we? Are we sad? Are we happy? How are you feeling these days? I'll let Essie handle that. Okay. Essie's been through a lot. She's had a terrible lockdown. She broke her wrist. Uh, surgery. Surgery. She's sick. I'm leaving New Jersey. And you're smiling now. You are you getting? Are you okay? Are you healed? Or are you not healed yet? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm okay. Look at that. Okay. You see, these things happen when you have the time to lay down and heal. That there's the yeah. blessing and all that. No, it, it it's fine. It's it fine. Is? Yeah. Okay. How, how are you? How are you guys post elections? You know what? I'm just starting to sleep again like a normal person because I'm not gonna lie. I did not sleep last week probably two hours a night. I would go to bed CNN, wake up CNN. I, I, I never used to care about this stuff. Well, I that's what was, keep you up. Why are you tuning to CNN? I Because I don't want to watch anything else. This has never happened to me before, Esty. I actually care. Well, if you care, then find other venues, not CNN. Oh, we don't like CNN? What, what do you say? No, MSN, I don't. No, MSNBC, I don't. MSNBC, how about them? No. Who are you watching then? 
there, there's others. There are? Yes. Oh, I if guess you so. Wanna, if you want to listen to both sides, uh, if you one side, you know? Yeah, but you know, I'm a, I'm a black woman. I feel like I only want to hear one side. <laughs> the right I, side, huh? You are. No, I didn't, say, I didn't say the right side. No, don't start a fight. You just, are in denial then. Or, 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 well, actually, I do believe it's the right side. Anyway, you're not going to make, this is not going to be politics, Noam. Don't you hijack. Oh, no, I'm, okay. <laughs> how long, I want to know, both of you, uh, Noam, how long are have you, you been? Are, are you recording already? Yes, we're on oh. YouTube Live. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought, I thought we are just getting, okay. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> now you're like, oh, this is real. Yeah, and you may not see a lot of viewers now, but thousands by the time we end and then tomorrow a lot of people watch this noam how long have you been the owner of the comedy club well i guess technically since my since my father died what was he, what year was it se 2004 right my god the end of 2003 he, he died in december of 2003 so 2004 is when yeah and you've been the owner and you're the owner of everything with the, the word the comedy seller attached to it correct yes yes i am <clears throat> and are you aware, like sometimes people are in something and they don't really, are you aware of the monument that you own? Like, do you know the mystique and the 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 love this place? Do you understand where it comes? When I looked it up on Wikipedia, the last sentence online said, the most popular or the best comedy club in the world. The world! Oh, if, Wikipedia, if, if Wikipedia says it, maybe I wrote it. <laughs> no, no I, I i didn't i didn't write it but uh i mean i i i i guess i'm aware of it i i, I find i i don't take it that seriously I don't, i'm not sure i believe it but i'm aware of it i don't know Esty, what do you think well just going by the feedback that i get from people but then i don't know how how much i trust that why but, uh, look we, we, I think we're, we're doing well just by the love that we get from the comics and the, and the audiences that come. How long? Okay, let me explain. Noam is the, the owner of the Comedy Cellar. Right. And Esty, you have been, do you have an official title? We all call you what we want to call you. What is your, do you have an actual job title? The Booker. The Booker. And how long have you been the Booker of the club? Well, I, uh, I am with the club now. Um, 38 years. Wow. And majority of the time I was been booking it for, I would say 35 maybe. And how did you, how did this happen? How did this club come into your life? Um, my husband used to play with Noam's uh, father in the same band, the Pinjang group. Mm -hmm. And then when my son turned, uh, three and Dr. Spack said, it's okay to go back to work. <laughs> I start working part-time uh, at the club as mm -hmm. a host. And then little by little- One of the hostess with the mostest at the time. I didn't know that, okay, go on. Then little by little as needed, my job grew. Somebody died or if somebody left or <laughs> somebody, I got to part of their job and that's how it just, Blossom. Somebody, I love that. Somebody died. You know, whatever you got to do to move up the ranks. And how long, 
Okay, you were how many venues were there when you were booking it? They weren't. It couldn't have been all these venues. No, at the time. one, one. Oh, which one? The main comedy cellar room. And then after Noam took over, we started selling uh, <laughs> our wings, so to speak. Then the 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 wa, uh, the village underground, and the Pussycat and Vegas, all of those. Uh, venues opened came after what clubs were what clubs were the clubs you guys would consider your competition in the early days in, in the very early what were the clubs that were you all you all compared to the most no I'm in the early days it was the you know the improv catch a rising star and the comic strip and Caroline's came a little bit after that we were we were probably well, fifth we were probably fifth on that totem pole for a while Fifth, yeah. Well, but but Caroline's was more a headliner club. The, no, well, the original the original Caroline's wasn't the the original Caroline's on Tenth Avenue, wherever it was, was was also a showcase room. Then when she moved to um, was the first move? No, it was to uh, Southbridge Seaport. Oh, and yeah. that's when it became uh, yeah uh, headliners. Yeah. What were but, you doing before the ownership, Noam? What's your history? What's your story? How did you come upon this? Well, I you know I went I was went to law school and then after I got out of law school I reopened the um, the room next the Cafe Wa which was uh, you know yeah. right next to the Comedy Cellar so I, I I was the owner of the Cafe Wa for like twenty years. Really? Yeah, and I and I was and I was the band leader there for twenty years. Oh my God, how old are you? Eighty? This is a lot of jobs, and you're I, such a young man still. I'm 50, I'm not young. I'm not. I guess I'm. I don't know. I hope I'm not old, but I'm I'm fifty eight. That's kind of old. No, that's not old to have to pack that much life and to own all that stuff. And you're still, here's what, you know what I'm most shocked about with both of you? The amount of responsibility that you guys have and you still smile, you don't look stressed out. Like how have you been handling like COVID? Like when you first found out COVID was going to really affect the club, like what were your, Noam, how did you feel it? Besides, you know, angry and shocked and whatever, were you worried that you were going to have to close everything or were you like, we'll just see how this plays out? Um, I, I was worried. And I mean, I was, I was early to it. I was worried. I was saying it was going to happen before, um, before Dr. Fauci was. So, uh, but I, and, and it's gone on longer than I thought it would. I thought we'd be reopening. What was I saying? Like September is what I was saying, right? SD? August, August, August. And, September. Yeah. And, we almost did, and we almost did open in August and then they kicked everything down the road. Um, and it's, you know, but I, there's, there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. So, you know, I try not to let it eat me up. Um, I know a lot of the other comedy clubs are trying, we're doing actually a show tomorrow, but I, I'm, I'm not organizing that. I'm just um, lending our name to it to help promote mm -hmm. it. But I know other clubs have been really trying to do Zoom shows and do outdoor shows and this and that and that. And I've, you know, they must be pulling their hair out trying to get that kind of stuff off the ground. But I, I just decided not to do that stuff. I knew it, it would just stress me out. Really? You finally all these years and that would stress you out? You because, I, because I don't believe in it. I, I don't I don't really believe. You can you can replace live performance with on Zoom, you know, and um, I just don't believe in it. And 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 uh, so I so I just. You know, so I haven't done it. You know what, Chris? Also, the, go ahead, Esty. Social distancing 
uh, compromise the atmosphere in the with the audience and the uh, rapport with the comedians. You know what I mean? If you have this thing spread out like this, it, it just lacks something. But Noam, I heard that the Vegas, the Rio is opening December 22nd. Did you hear anything? Yeah, we're supposed to have a conference call next uh, week about it. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. If we open, um, we can start losing a ton of money. I, I don't know. We, I mean, it could even put us out of business there if we open. I don't, I don't know. Really? What, uh, yeah, because why would, why would it put you out of business if you follow all the protocol? Because it costs a lot of money to fly. It'd have to be fewer comics. Maybe just one comic. And maybe one comic and one local act start. But I don't know if anybody's gonna come. Is anybody going to shows out there now? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, people. We're, we're, we're heading towards a kind of looking, looks like a second wave. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even count on the real opening given the way the, the virus seems to be coming back. But, yeah. but presuming they do, um, you know, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know. But aren't you excited about a possible vaccine? Cause I heard you said to me, I'm not coming back down there until there's a vaccine. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about a vaccine. You are? I think you'd be like, I don't believe it. I don't trust it. I'm not taking it. Not until three years and it's, you know, gets tested. You oh no, I'm not like it? I'm not like that. I, no, I, don't even, like... I, I don't even use a condom, Jackie. I'm not. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sweat. You're gonna sweat it out, huh? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just take your word for it that you don't have herpes. You think I'm worried about a vaccine that Pfizer tested? Oh my god, you're like I'm not that careful in my own life. Why would I care? Okay, I I want to. What is it? I want to know what are you what are you guys' pet peeves? Like what is what is it about the business that bothers you overall? And then I'll I'll trickle down from that overall. So I'll start with Esty. Over the what bugs you about the way stand-up comedy before COVID? Did you notice a shift? Do you see things kind of changing? Did you notice well, anything at all? I, I notice a lot of uh, um, uh, PC God. that we sort of had to uh, be careful what you say, who you put in, who is. It became much more than it used to be. Yeah. But also, the comics became more uh, edgy. Got more edgy, really? Yeah. The comics, the comics. I mean, if you decide to talk about a certain subject. Mm -hmm. that is a hot potato mm -hmm. we would get the consequences of it uh, and 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 uh um it's not easy because still a great comic but how do you deal with this we have never um had any form of censorship of what we allow comics to speak about on how to approach things. We have never, not Noam or not myself or anyone associated with, right, Noam? Yeah, there was one comic I told her that he couldn't tell a, a, a customer that she was a cunt and he hoped she got found a lump on her oh. arm when she went home. But yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, we, we, we never, I've certainly never censored, never censored jokes, that's for sure. I, we yeah. have from time to time drawn lines about personal, um, Personal abuse of customers. We have we have had that problem very rarely, but we've 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 had that, which is different when, than telling jokes. When did you guys stop allowing cell phones in the showrooms? Because that is why I love it there so much. Because without that, 
I talk about anything. Well, I guess it's progress, right? No, um, it was a necessity. A, a little, and when they came up with it, it was great because every single comic just. Well, loved it. I mean, to tell you the, the truth, so you know, Chappelle put that on the radar with these with these yonder bags, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought I should get out in front of it because yeah. I felt like, well, that that's where it's going to go, and I and I know that. Chappelle wanted it and um, people like Chris Rock and whatever. So, you know, but we, so we looked into the Yonder, it's about a year and a half ago, I guess. So we looked into the Yonder bags and they, they, they were, they, they couldn't work for the club. So I, I set um, Liz and Tony who were like, Liz is our manager and Tony's our head daytime go daytime guy. And, and to put their heads together. And I just, and I told them they had to come up with some, something. And they were up there and they were knocking their heads together. They couldn't be in. They were talking about building lockers and all this kind of stuff, you know? And then just then Amazon walks through and delivers a package of one of these difficult to open sealed, uh, you know, bubble wrap things. And Tony says, why don't we get these uh, self-adhesive envelopes like Amazon has? So that, and it turns out they're dirt cheap. They're like a half a penny each or something like that. So um, we said, that's a great idea. So we, that's, so it works. So everybody puts their phone in this Amazon bag. They seal it. We seal it. If they, if they need to go outside and use the phone, they rip it open and we give them another bag. Right. But the thing is that the room is so, the room is so tight and everything that you really can't open that bag and take your phone out without everyone around you seeing you. So, so it works really, really well, I think. But the, the, what I forgot to say is that when I was sure that every other club in the country was going to follow our lead because it's so easy and because it's, a, and not a single one has. And I'm LA just, did, LA does, the Hollywood Improv, they started to do it when I- Are they using the Yonder bags or are they using the RR system? I don't know what those those bags are called, but in the Hollywood Improv, shortly before I moved back to New York, they started locking up the phones. Oh, good for them. In the main, in the big main show. You didn't know that? In the big main showroom. It, it, you know, uh, Chappelle did it in uh, in uh, Radio City. Yeah, well, she does it everywhere, he does it everywhere. Yeah. He does it in Ohio too, I think. What if what have you what have you know what have you go ahead? No, I said the comics really appreciate it. I, I remember mean, the always, first... we always try to protect the comics and if we notice somebody recording or, or having the phone out or whatever, the waitress or the manager will go over and discourage and have them delete it. But this is this is beautiful. I got thrown out of Chris Rock's movie. You remember that, SD? Oh yes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> tried to take a picture for me, right? I, I, we were invited to the premiere, and SD couldn't go, and I was, and 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 uh, was on the the comedy seller came on the screen, so I took my cell phone out to take a snapshot of the screen because I wanted to show SD because it was such a big deal to be in the movies, and, uh, and two big guys came and they lifted me out of the seat and took me out. And, uh, <laughs> so I, I know how telling is, but I didn't get to take my pet peeve. Go ahead. I'm, I want to ask you. Go ahead. My pet peeve is that, and it started with this guy, uh, G- Gary G- Branham. Is that his name? G- guy Branham. Ah. Um, <laughs> guy Branham. Who's, who's, oh, I, I know a guy named Gary Bramnick. Guy Branham, who um, wrote that article about us being like anti-gay and anti-trans oh, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, it was, it was a total piece of shit article. You could check it out online. We, we had him on podcast and he got torn apart by all the comics. But anyway, he started some sort of 
reputation for us that we're like some sort of um i don't know what the word is like you know bigoted i guess is the word or outfit or you know not diverse or whatever it is and that that really bugs me and it, and at the same time it also bugs me that anybody questions our lineups even if they're on a night when it's not diverse because um i don't want to have to put on any comics that i don't think are the best comics you know like you're a black woman um you're you, right would, what would you honestly what would you feel like if you found out like if you if you heard a tape recording of me and sd talking and you heard someone say well so-and-so it would be better but we need a black woman you better put jackie on like how would that make you feel <clears throat> excuse me I have spent, I've been a comic 16 years. Yeah. But of course, you're not a, you're not a full, you're not a full-time pro the whole 16 years. Right. So I would say probably five years I was fucking around, having fun in LA. And then at the, at the 10-year mark, I took it seriously. And I have been fighting, arguing, bitching, complaining in LA about the lack of diversity and on all the shows and the clubs out there. If you mention me to a, a booker or whatever out there, like Jackie's always on our asses about booking women and people of color. And I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm not the female comic who, who has a problem with being brought up as, and you ready for a female? That doesn't bother me. If, the, if, you, have a, if you have five white guys that you need to shake it up, call me. We need a, I don't mind it. Because like, I don't care how I get in. Once I get in, yeah, but I have you, a job to do. Right, but that's, that's not quite my question. I mean- you, I don't care. Yeah, yes. you, yeah, you kill, right? I try to. Yeah, what, I, what I'm saying is that there's something, there's something that, well, you have my pet peeve. There's something um, that truly bothers me about the notion that I'm in business to put on the absolute best show in the very mm -hmm. same way that and any artist that you're, you're, you're in it to put on the best jokes and a musician is a, a, a band that makes an album, puts, on, puts out the best 10 songs, whatever it is that, that it has, right? And, every, and we all take that work product gravely seriously if we, if we care about what we do for a living. Yes. And the idea that I'm supposed to bend that to someone else's demands that I need to take, you know, that, that essentially that that's not, you know, you shouldn't put the best 10 songs on the album. You need to have one of those songs for some other reason which is you know good for the earth or you need to have one song about the environment because we don't have we don't have enough pro-environment messages out there so they say, well no you know and so that is now the flip side of that is i have no um defense so no quarter and i and i look down my nose at anybody who would not book a diverse show because they have a problem with it that's quite another thing that and i'm not i'm not defending bigotry what yes. I'm saying is that, well, let me put it another way. There was a there was a website out that was a left-wing website that was counting up all the comics. Do you know that we have more than, we have black men are more than twice as represented uh, at the Comedy Cellar than they are in the, the country. Twice, I, no, I, I believe that, yeah. yeah. So am I supposed to cut back on them? 
Well, here's my honest opinion. <laughs> you get it? I, I mean, like, they, we, know, we know all these black, I mean, I mean, if there's one, like, demographic that pretty much dominates comedy, it's black men, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's great, right? Yes. Well, um, my honest opinion is that I see your point, and they are valid, and I receive them, and you're right, because this is the way you feel, and you have experience to back it up. But I also feel like there, if, if a lineup is consistently disproportionate in terms of representation, at some point, someone has to be like, hey, like not every show, if you, you have to be like, I got to put in a black girl, there's five white guys, or there's five black guys, I need to put in a Latino. But if, if there's a pattern that has been brought to your attention, but, and, but and or it's also your job to notice the lineup consistency or lack thereof, that there's no other way for people who don't who are not white men to get chances if you guys don't notice that you're not booking someone besides. Well, okay, so, so let me answer. So so yeah. I don't think I don't think our lineups have ever been um, no 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 uh, extremely disproportionate. But I mean the, the 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 demographic mix of comedy has changed. There's way more black female comics now than there were in 1990 when I you know when I when I first was on my radar. Um, so, and these things, and there's way fewer Jewish comics now, actually, you know, there was a time when there was a lot, a lot of Jewish white comics and there's, there's fewer of them now. They're still out there, but there's fewer of them. Yeah. Things, things change. But the, the way I handle that is by, and SD does really even uh, more than I do, is by persistently asking all the comics, is there anybody out there where, that we haven't caught in our net? Is anybody we're missing, you know? Yes, that's wonderful. And, yeah. And and so, like, if you recommended a black female comic, of course we would we would put them on and we would try them out. And the thing is, and if they didn't do well, we'd all agree on it. You know what I mean? Like, it is. And I don't think I've ever seen an audition or whatever it is where everybody's where there was a split. I think they killed. No, I think they died. Like, like it's, it's obvious, you know. Yeah. And the point is that if they if they do die on stage. I don't fucking want to put them on. I don't care what color they are, you know? That's well, all I'm me, saying. <laughs> let me give you an example of something that happened Talk to me recently. Jackie. Go ahead, Esty. <laughs> I look at my availabilities. Who is available when? Yes. And then I have to pick up only six, pick six people. And I have a hundred. I'm going to pick the six best ones so the yes. show is good. Mm -hmm. Otherwise... I'm in the wrong business. It's got to be a funny show. And if I have, let's say, three people that are equally funny and equally reliable, then I can say, oh, okay, I haven't used this one for a while. Maybe I use them. But if it's equal, if it's not, there is not, not, a, not a dilemma at all, mm -hmm. at all. And at the end of the day, the shows are better. The reputation of the club is good. People are happy. And I think the comics themselves know. They know that the right thing is done. Mm -hmm. I hope they don't. That, by the way, or they're in denial. There are some people that are in denial. Oh, yeah, that's by the way, Jackie, I don't blink an eye the other way either. I, I mean, if we have like four or five black or four or five, whatever, four or five women on the show, if it works out that way, I don't care. Like, like, yeah. I mean, I, but I think, I think that a lot of clubs who are right thinking in certain ways would actually, you know, they, they, they would actually resist it in the other direction too. I went through this. I don't want to bore you, but I went. I, no, I, I, I want to hear it all. 
Well, I learned a lot of lessons when I owned when I owned the Cafe Wa. The first band I had was me and my friend Rosalind, who's a black woman, and uh, our friend Jesus, who's a Puerto Rican guy, and like four or five um, other white people. And and it was, and it was very it was very popular. But it, over time, people started leaving the band. And as we would have auditions, um, time and time again, the best musician would be black. And so, you know, at some point the band became half and half black and white. And I'm then, and, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, will there reach a tipping point where the band becomes so black that people will perceive it as an ethnic, as a, as a black show rather than just as a show? Cause well, you know, that happens, right? You know, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it, it kind of what I'm saying, but you know, I'm, I was so dedicated to the music. I couldn't bear, like, and I remember there's this bass player, his name was Ron Long. He's still, he and I are still friends. And he's like, he's, he's like the best bass player in the world. He was on Prince's radar. He was great. I'm like, well, am I going to pass up the chance to have Ron Long, you know? So I just went with it. And, and by the end, there were times I was the only white guy, only white person in the band, or sometimes one other white person in the band. And what I discovered was it made absolutely no fucking difference. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it only increased our appeal. It, 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 the only thing that mattered was who we intended to be entertaining. In other yeah. words, if you could have like a black comedy night where, I, where clearly the target audience is black, the yeah. jokes are black and, and that will, that will weed out and become a, and a black, become a black audience, like a Korean comic might end up with all, but that wasn't what we were doing. We kept our entertainment broad and nobody gave a shit what color anybody was. Yeah. And, and I, so, so I just, I always, I, I always remember that it really doesn't matter. The audience really doesn't care. The, the, the audience cares what the entertainment is geared at. So on that I, point, I will say, so we have a guy like Modi, right? Our, yeah, our yeah. friend Modi. So we know, we know Modi does all these religious Jewish uh, gigs, right? Mm-hmm. And then he also does the comedy seller and his material is different. Depends what, so I'm saying if Modi does his regular material, he can do it at the comedy seller. If I, and I can have five of them. But if I have five Modi's doing the Orthodox Jewish, you know, geared towards that, then of course it's going to become an Orthodox or a Jewish room. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I I really don't think it matters. I understand very well and I respect, and I feel this way too, The that it's necessary to police what's going on because there's a lot of immoral people out there who will do the wrong thing. So I'm not I'm not trying to excuse that. So yeah. that's why that's why when you said a pet peeve, it's kind of a peeve because I, I, I bristle under it because I, I know that everybody's staring and trying to catch me and whatever it is. And I know how how I, how proud I am, really, of how we booked the room and how yeah. I how I feel that if anybody, if anybody of any color, sexual sexuality or, or anything trans, whatever it is, if, if they could inhabit my soul. Or any soul. uh they would get out and say, oh, my God, that's a wonderful place. That guy, you know, that guy does everything exactly that. If, if everybody were like him, we wouldn't have to worry about this stuff in the world. You know? Yes. Remember when. Now, that's very uh, self-serving, but I really feel that way. Go ahead. How do I do it? Yeah. Uh, um, when our relationship started, you and I, I asked you to come back like three times. Do you remember? Me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I auditioned 87 times or three. Three. <laughs> no, because you know 
it's got to be, I've seen what you can do and how you can do it. And, and, and still, it wasn't like the first time I, I didn't think it was that great. It was, was good. Nervous. I was nervous. It was adequate for that, but it wasn't enough. I get it. Yeah. But then eventually we got to the right place. Yes. And now if I have your veils, you'll be one of the first one I'm going to use. Yeah. Because by now you're proven a comedy set a comic. Yeah, oh, you made me cry. By the way, yes. But you understand my process then. Yes, I understand it better now. Yes. Exactly. I, know a lot of, I know a lot of comics after they would audition once and they would get it if they got a no. But after twice, a lot of comics, me included, they have an ego and they're like, look, I'm not gonna, this is what I, I do, this is how I pay my bills. And I'm like, well, if you want to work there, you just gotta do. It. If you don't care, then don't back, don't go back and audition another time. Listen, you know I, I, mean? I had, I had without naming uh, uh, names somebody else that wasn't clear, and I asked like in three months or so, can you come back? And the person did, and now it's also one of our comics. Some people it takes maybe getting used to the stage, or I, I, I don't know what. Yeah. But, but I want to say something else, Jackie. Yes, sir. The if you want to really feel good about yourself, because the average level of the comedy seller comic is so high right now. Mm. Like to, to get into that room right now, compared to where it was 10 years ago. I mean, 10 years ago, there's so many people that you know their names that we can't use anymore because they're not good enough anymore where they used to be bread and butter acts for us. You know, exactly. like, we're, we're just, exactly. it, it's really comedy is very high performing right now. There's a yeah. lot of good comics out there. Oh, yeah, a lot, yeah. yeah. And they all want to work at the seller, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and so our dilemma becomes, we cannot use whoever we used 10 years ago mm -hmm. because these new people are so much stronger and better. And thank God we have now three rooms. And right before this COVID, we were talking about opening yet another one. Oh my God, but no, I'm like a drug addict. This is every room. <laughs> no, I'm starting negotiations already. And then the COVID happened. Ugh. I was so happy because I, I really didn't have enough spots for all the people I did want to use. Really? Um, yeah, we'll see if the vaccine comes back and, and if business comes back, then we'll we'll yeah. go ahead with it again. Yeah. Um, who knows what the future holds, you know? But, and, and it's really great because I can book you at the cellar, the village underground, the Fatback Pussycat and the X, Y and Z new club. Mm -hmm. And so, know. you know, and a lot of people don't need to go anywhere else because they're all in the same area. You know what I what I was getting what I got told a lot by comics in LA when I told them that I wasn't living back full time in New York yet, but when I go back, they they give me spots when I do visit, and the guys in New York were like, "You're lucky because the comics who are there all the time are very territorial, because they work they only work there, and you're like visiting popping to be a popping and get stage time is a privilege. Better let's live there." Did you guys see the Showtime documentary? Did you watch it? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. On the, about the comedy store? You didn't watch it? Oh, the, I did. I did. What did you think of it? Um, well, it was a lot of uh, uh, 
patting your own back, but it was very, it was fascinating. And the history of it was really fascinating. One of the shows I really liked, with little exceptions here and there, but I really liked it. What didn't you like? What What were three things you didn't like about it? But she said she uh, didn't. I'm not going to mention. Oh, you didn't uh, like no, no, there, did you... there was one part that I, I, I just did not care for, but uh, for the most part, it was a really good show. Very good show. And no, I'm shame on you. Why haven't you seen it? I, I, no, not out of spite. I just haven't been watching much TV. And the the, the, the comedy store, I'm, I'm a big admirer of theirs. And um, they have a much more interesting history than we do. And um, have a, an amazing history. Yeah. 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 Because, because they, they they uh came of age at a at a more just a more interesting time a lot of more you know wacky things going on and um uh just legendary things going on so i'm sure it's great and and they deserve their um their legendary status do you agree that the comedy store is considered la's i guess number one or top notch and you guys are the comedy store of the east coast because there's only two in my opinion that has that? You mean that uh, uh, they are the comedy center of LA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my bad. So I live here now. See, <laughs> she's like, you live here now. I mean, right. You got it. No, I mean, listen. You cannot deny the the history of the place and the people that started there. Um, you know, you there's a lot of LA celebrities that pop in and they get on, whether deservingly or not. You know, you can argue that, um, but the, the documentary was fabulous. What's the difference you guys think between LA? I get asked this all the time. Well, how do you compare New York comedy to LA comedy? What's the, what are the differences? I, 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 look, funny is funny is funny. Mm -hmm. However, yes, because of the celebrity uh, status of LA, Sometimes they listen, they're gonna put somebody that's not a great comic, but it's you know, mm -hmm. and I don't blame them for that. No, New York, I think it's it's uh, it's hard to, to say that without turning people off, but I think that New York comedy is uh more hard hitting and raw. And um, we adore when celebrities come in because the audiences love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they get a kick out of it. But we don't have it as much as L.A. has it. You know, the I spent so much time you know, as an L.A. comic, and I, 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 I've been lying to, like, people about why I moved back. But the number one reason I moved back to New York is because I wanted, I want to be a great comic. Like I'm good, but I want to be great. And in LA, I had I was a regular everywhere but the comedy store. But I was re repetitive. It was just I was just coasting. I would get spots here and there, but I wasn't getting better. I wasn't testing myself. And I'm like, when I go to New York, it doesn't. It, the credits don't matter. What show I'm on almost doesn't matter because everyone everyone on the lineup before me at the cellar they're annihilating like the like the, the pain is coming off the walls yeah like, so you're waiting your turn in the back dark corner like i gotta what i've changed my whole set just watching somebody in front of me yeah in my head because i'm like i can't go up there with this fluffy crap 
Because the audience I, will know, the room will know, you will know. No, I'm, I think you agree with me. That's our pride. <laughs> yes, I, I agree, and I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. About, I don't know anything about LA comedy. Um, but I, I do want ask a question. I'm not sure. Don't they close down the clubs earlier in LA? Well, last call in the state of California is 2 a.m. So usually there's not a show beyond the show. Probably the last one at the last factory is like they have late shows that might begin at midnight, but you oh, got to be out of there by 1 30, 1 45. No, I thought, I thought they shut down earlier. No, I, I really don't know anything about, um, you know, I mean, Why Essie, not? well, Essie and I went there one time. We went to the, to the comedy store. We had a good time. Remember Essie? And it was yeah. the same week, the same weekend we had dinner with Tony Bobolinsky. I know. <laughs> um, um, and, um, uh, and we, do we see, we saw the, sh I guess it was a little laid back. I would, I don't know. I have, I have no, it's a little bit more. I was there after that by myself because I was looking for oh, local yeah, yeah. talent for, for Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. And, and, um, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it just, in my head, I'm looking for something very specific. And, and the shows that I was booking in Vegas were very much like New York and not mm -hmm. like LA. You know what you told me, Esty, when I, wasn't it you I asked or asked Billy Grunfest? Yeah. Either one of you about what you thought when you were in LA and I saw you guys in LA. Uh, don't say it. No, nothing bad, nothing bad. You just said what you're noticing is that there aren't enough, the comics are not performing. Yeah. They're just kind of just going through, I think it was just Billy. Through, through the set. Yeah, they're just going through I, I, I it. I was a little bit disappointed. So Essie ah. really liked uh, the, the the comedy and magic club. What's it called? Uh, That's in, it. Yeah. In Hermosa. In Hermosa. I really, really like that club. I like the way uh, they book it. Um, I found a lot of really good comics there. You were there. That's my home, that's my that's yeah. my home club when I was in California. That was. In my opinion, this is the closest to the comedy seller that I can relate to. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I found a ton of comics there that I really liked. Yeah, because you can't get in that room. That room has so much history. You feel so much pressure. Almost the same pressure you feel with the seller, but they're, I feel like they have more of an old school vibe to them. They have a very, you know. The, the, the manager and the booker, both of them, they're very, reminding me very much of like the way we conduct ourselves and know them and, you know. It's really, it's a fabulous club. Not to mention that in July they have the, the uh, birthday shows. The birthday show. And I go there in one night, I get to see 20 comics on each show. Five and minutes and they got to get the hell off. That's a perfect situation for me. <laughs> I don't need to go and see Joe Rogan for 45 minutes. I know Joe Rogan, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. That wasn't the purpose of my trip. <laughs> And so this way, this was just working perfectly for me. And they were so nice to us. Yeah, oh, they're amazing. What What's the worst thing that's happened at the club that you guys can, you know, and just in terms of, it could be something as small as the altercation during a show, or what's the worst thing that's happened thus far that you guys are like, this can't happen again ever? Know them? Um. Knock on wood. I, I, I guess we're lucky that I can't the worst thing. The worst thing that happened was a flood years ago. Remember that SD? With the, the, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The waitress the, and, and, and that fire, the short. A fire? And a <laughs> the, it wasn't a fire in the club. There was 
in the street. Yeah. The, the, but the flood, yeah, the, the wait staff was running to the Cafe Wa back and forth to serve drinks. We they, were, they, were, they were, had like a, you know, it was like bucket for grade. But uh, you know what? I mean, I'm not, it's one of the rare moments where I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little superstitious and not want to tempt fate and okay. say that um, nothing terrible has happened because uh, we've been very lucky for many, many years about things, but everything. Okay, well, different little incidents, but, but you know, you just, we had, we had like a wild West brawl one time when Dave Chappelle had a show. Remember years ago, SD? Oh, yeah. and Donald, Donald Trump Jr. Got hit over the head with a bottle one time. That's yeah. fantastic. That was good. <laughs> No, that was another by another customer, yeah. and and Trump called Manny. Yeah. What? No, father, he called him the next day and says to him, "Are you gonna do anything about it?" And Manny says, "Of course I will." He says, "Oh, okay," and he hanged up because mm. otherwise he would have taken some kind of an action. That's one thing you've got to tell about Trump. He's he was a doting father. Oh, well, he's a yes, son. He That's true. He can't mess with his family. When the controversial things that have happened, like in the last five years, with comedians doing whatever it is they do in their private life, and it trickles over, how do you guys handle when that becomes a a, a problem of the club? Like, are you guys into banning comics? Are you are you like no, just customers? You don't have to come back if they you don't like them. No, no, I did not ban anybody for that. We, have, we just handle it the best way that we could. Right, Noam? Yeah, I mean that, that whole that whole notion that that people want to, you know, impose their will on on a private business about who they should and shouldn't be uh, presenting that is not charged with a crime or not in jail. I mean, you know, there's a I I I hate that deeply. I think it's a terrible path for the country to go down. We have institutions, criminal justice system where you can present evidence and punish perjury and you can investigate people and decide what's to be done of them. No, but a bunch of bunch of people on Twitter deciding that I shouldn't book somebody because they heard blah, blah, yeah. blah. And they read a paragraph somewhere. It, it is, um, it's something I really have stood, you know, I ended up becoming like a, um, a champion for this to stand against this cause. And I had, and I took some real, had some real skin in the game for a while, but I, I, it, it makes my skin uh, crawl. What's when they, people try to do that kind of stuff. So what Noam, do you do? Noam, yeah. Noam, do you know that Jackie is a lawyer as well? Yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. I, I rub know. it in his face every chance I get. So what do you do when you have these controversial things happening and there are comics, you know, comics you love and need, or you might need, and they decide they don't want to come back to the club. Like, how do you handle that? Because does that matter to you? Or do you just be like, you know what? Of course it matters. It, it hasn't happened. I, I, I mean. Well, there was a lot of talking <laughs> going on about it. And a lot of uh, understanding and explaining and working around it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 did, I did have some long conversations with people. Yeah. I did have some people who were. But you know the thing is, like, I had one. There's one pretty famous comic who got some tweets, um, like angry tweets about him performing at the cellar while Louis was there, and he was like, "No, I don't know. I, I might have to stop performing at the club." But it wasn't because he uh, had a moral problem with performing at the club. It's because he felt like he was going to get canceled. You know, like he's like he was he was. But but in the end, he didn't do it. He didn't buckle. And 
And as I assured him, it, it went away because, you know, Chris Brown's still on the air. Bill Clinton's still around. I mean, it's like you can, you can pick and choose. You can find they, – they make it up as they go along. So, um, I mean, if, if somebody – I'm not saying I would never uh, not book somebody for, for reasons that – that offended me because it's, it's, my home, it's my home there and I, and I, I don't want to be uncomfortable, but I have never done that. And I would do it only as a last resort. And I don't believe in it. I, I don't yeah. believe in it. I think it's a terrible idea. Michael Che, you know, God bless him. He was one of I the other people. He, remember he tweeted, he tweeted with Louis he says, Louis CK can work wherever he want. He's a free man. Not committed, not, not, a um, not, accused of any crime in America, you know, in, in, Amer in America, not accused of any crime, something like that, you know, exactly how he put it. So what and if you had a pack of female comics who were like, I can't come back there as long as Lewis is there? How would you handle that? Well, I don't talking. know. I mean, I might have to stand on principle because um, I don't know the answer. I mean, I'm not, because I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not going to pretend that I would never buckle. I, I have a, I have to make a living. I have a family, and at some point, um, I'd have to say uncle, right? At some point, I, I just have. To, I mean, I might, at some point, I'd have to. I'd have to, but I think that I I'm able to make my case effectively, um, and uh, I've managed somehow to steer myself through these prickly situations without having the female comics. As a matter of fact, we had a bunch of female comics who were some of our best advocates. That's right. And the waitresses. Yeah. We had waitresses defiantly wearing comedy seller t-shirts at the time when people were, were um, accosting them on the subway. How can you work there? You know? Oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah. It, and, and, and Judy Gold stepped up and, and um, did a, a podcast about it with us and Lynn Kaplan's did. I mean, there's quite a few comics, and, 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 comics. And, and behind the scenes as well. I don't. I don't want to be people who were, who could have been vulnerable to, much more vulnerable than actually we were to, um, to to risk. Um, were pretty, amazingly um, brave. Yeah, loyal and and yeah. great about it. There, there was not that um, reaction at all. Yeah, it wasn't. <clears throat> All right, last last question, okay. big one. Well, it's a two-parter. What what do you guys look for in the comics who want to work there? Like what it's like funny. what do you what do you think besides you know what's funny? No. Everybody's funny. Everyone's no, funny. No, that's not true, Jackie. Not in their own way. Not everybody's funny. No, no she but, means at the club. No, no, I mean in life. And and oh, but when you but when hard. they want to take their funny and they want to work on it to be funny enough for the club. What do you look, Esty, what do you look for in a comedian in your heart and mind? Like, what has to happen for them to have a chance besides they're already a, a working comedian? You're talking about the newer comics? Ah, newer to, okay, newer in general and new to the club. So there's two-part question. Okay. The first one. Newer to the club, there's no question. If they're funny and they're, and they're professional, they get on and they do the job the way we want them to do it. No, there's no problem. The newer comics that don't have the experience yet or whatever, um, when we were doing the, that uh, Comedy Central special, there was a lot of young new comics. And I don't think that they had more than, let's say, 10, 15 minutes. 
I start using them sparingly, giving them a chance and see how it develops. If it goes forward and develops well and they're doing good, then I'll put a little bit more gas on it, you know? <laughs> now, if what it's you... not, if it's not, or even a comic that I use and they go through a slower period, then just like, you just go with the wave, sort of speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, the, the, the main thing is to produce the best possible show. And if somebody is not yet, you know, um, um, seasoned, not seasoned, it's not proficient yet, okay. you know, or, 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 or does the job that we would like them to do. Yeah. Maybe I'll give them a shorter spot, you know, yeah. instead of the 10, 12, 15 minutes, maybe a seven, eight minutes yeah. and just let them work themselves in. How does uh, how does a comic know that they're how does a comic know that they are able besides you telling them okay now is it because I I've, I've referred comics there and they've, they've been wondering like I don't know if I'm past I'm not sure like what how does a comic know that they are past is it well after an audition we exchange emails yes and 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 I'll give them the if I think they can. Uh, I can use them right away. I'll, I'll give them the information when to put the various couplings. Mm-hmm. And if not, I would invite them maybe in a couple of months to come back and audition again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I am very understanding and very compassionate when they audition. I see people sweating and, and nervous and shaking. And, and I understand what it means to the comic because I love comedians. Yes. I understand that uh, a lot of is writing on that kind of an audition. Mm-hmm. So I try to be compassionate about it. Um, if somebody gets on and it's just like dead wood, forget it. It yes. just, I don't have the space to put somebody like that on and it yeah. will be irresponsible on my part to book somebody no one's gonna fire me yeah and with a good reason (laughs) (laughs) have you ever unpassed someone huh have you ever ever unpassed someone like you passed them they thought they were in and then you were like ah i shouldn't or they're not ready yes yes Yes. Yes, because i i would start using them yes and they did not live up to what i saw in the audition or suddenly you know great audition but then when they actually go on, they do totally different stuff and that stuff is not working. And so I cannot come to a comic. It's not my job and I don't want to come to a comic and say, do this, but don't do that. Yeah. The comic should know if you are a professional comic, you have ears, mm-hmm. you know what's going over or not. Yeah. You know, you cannot hear crickets come off and say, that was great. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah. Denial. So, so this, you're talking about pet peeves. This is one of my pet peeves. Ah. Be real. I am real with most people. Mm-hmm. I have a really good relationship with most of the comics. 
and it's because they know they don't get any BS from you. From me. Yeah. You know, I'm very straightforward. Yeah. So um, this is this is that would be a scenario where I use somebody and mm -hmm. then I use them less or not use them at all. Okay. If if I cannot trust what they do on stage. Yeah. Uh, I need to know that you are an X, Y, and Z comic. Yeah. You get on the stage, you become an ABC comic. <laughs> That's not what I sign up for. Yeah, yeah. You understand? Uh, Jackie. No. How, how come you don't give your opinion? What do you? What would you do if you were the owner of the comedy club? Would you Would you throw people out if you heard something in their personal life? If I, if, ah, it really depends. If I was the same woman I am now and a comic did something to women overall, I would, I would, I would have to listen because I'm, because I'm, I am an example of what they, who they wronged. Right. But, well, no, but if it was a business that is, is as thriving as yours, unless they committed an actual crime, yeah. well, I understand well, why I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, well, I gotta, they can't come back because you do have to follow the law, so, but you also have to pay your bills. So let, let me just, let me, Put it this way, I you know we may we may disagree. So, I would like to think it doesn't matter whether it's a woman or a man or a, a white person, black person that you know if somebody does something. In other words, you say because you represent the, the person they harmed, and and I would like to think that um, that I would react the same way if, if it was somebody accused of doing something to a Jew or a woman or like yeah, I, yeah that, that's what, I'm, that's I'm what, gonna be extra, yeah. I'm gonna be extra sensitive because I'm a girl like that I can't no, I, I respect it but, but I like I, yeah. I try to hold myself up to principle but the yeah. argument I made at the time just in case anybody so I I, I would say that, let's say we're at the comedian table and one of the comedians we know I'm almost tempted to use a name because it'd be funny, but I'm not going to use the name. No, it feels free. Right. No one's watching this. No, I'm kidding. Everybody is. <laughs> and told us a story about something they did in a hotel room 20 years ago. Mm. Listen, this is what I did. You won't believe it. I was a schmuck 20 years ago. I was in the room late at night with these two girls. And I asked them, could I jerk off? And they, they didn't answer. They was kind of laughing. So I did it. And they told us the story. And he said, you know, I was a schmuck. I did that 20 years ago. I don't think anybody on planet Earth would expect me to say to that guy, get your things and get out of here. You don't work the comedy cellar anymore. But, and this was my argument. But when it becomes public and it's on Twitter, then all of, all of a sudden, only then, it's like, oh, now you're supposed to react to it. It didn't happen at the comedy cellar. It's 20 years ago. We don't even know both sides, whatever it is. The point is that we all know people in our lives who've shared with us bad things that they've done. Yeah. in their past. We all know them. Yeah. And could you imagine if those people all just today, starting today, everybody we know who's done something bad, but it never came out, lost their jobs. Well, you right? know, because that, that's because that's if you believe in this stuff, that's what you think. Like, we can't catch them all. But God damn it. If only we could catch all these people who have done something wrong and we could get them all to lose their jobs. That's the kind of world we'd like to live in. That's that is the that is there is no that is the logical conclusion of what it is I'm fighting against. And that's why I feel that. Yeah. And that no, I understand. And you have the burden of being a human being, a man and a business owner. But I I I relate to what you're saying. I receive it. I understand it. But I also know I'm having a hard time uh, getting booked around the country to headline weekends. Yeah. 
because COVID and everything, but they are they are open up and they're booking men who have recently been accused of sexual assault, rape, and those guys are on the calendar. Like so who? All, huh? Like who? Brian Callen. And he's on tour doing the Funny Bone or whatever, whatever. He's on the website. And I'm like, I was at the Funny Bone before. You know, book book me or book, you know. So a lot of these guys don't get to don't get to feel the wrath of their behavior. And that's why I'm like, I can't, I understand Noam's point of view, but my my point of view is well, I don't get punished. Jackie, I don't get it. You went to law school. I don't care about I I do I'm sorry, no. I got all emotional. Well, I was asking, like, I get that, but I'm I'm a woman first. I'm not no, a no, woman. But I, I understand, first. but but you you do you think that accusations are the same? Like do you think Joe They're Biden not, hold on, Joe Biden was accused of of um signing. She had a lot of people who heard the story years ago. Do you think Joe Biden should have been disqualified from being president? Uh, I don't know the story of what he actually did that broke the law. He, if he I was, did, I might he, not have. He was accused accused by the woman Tara Reid of of force of, of digitally penetrating her force uh, forcibly, and um, apparently there were her her, her ex husband said he she told him about it way back. Her, her mother was on Larry King and 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 mentioned something like it, and then she had two other friends who she said told her that story back then. But most people, for whatever reason, either don't believe her or think that she made it up back then, exaggerated. I don't know. But the point is that, I mean, Bill Clinton, he was definitely accused. Yeah, the list is long. The list is very long. And I don't know the answer to that. Besides, I don't think every man should be punished if it's not proven in a court of law. But but too many men don't feel any kind of wrath or get punished at all. There's only one answer answer that works, which is that um, uh, accusations cannot be considered truth. They just can't. No, they can't be considered truth, but it can, it can be considered unfairly really biased in terms of you can put him on your calendar and give him work, but people who didn't commit any kind of crime allegedly don't get to work. And we okay, have let's the get, same So job. let's get really deep about this for a second. No. You, know you know the history way better than I do. Yeah. How many black people have been falsely accused of rape by white women? Um, pro- probably a lot. I know, I'm saying, I mean, I mean famously in history, White women will accuse black women. Ima- imagine now that these black men, like, like imagine now where, where somebody knows all I have to do is accuse somebody of this and, and not, they're going to lose their job. Now they can't get booked. It's I, what I'm saying is that it's a very, it, when you, it, it, it feels satisfying to think this, but then when you really think it through, the direction that would bring us to. It's so terrible. You're you're posing hypotheticals. I'm talking about things that have all that have actually happened. Well, no, I'm, I'm not talking about I'm talking about things that actually happened. Oh I no, I mean they're they're the disproportionate uh allegations, whatever the problem losing all the words that yeah. black men suffer because white women accuse them of stuff and they lose are you saying the black men don't get a chance to work or lose their job or lose their freedom i'm saying on- that yeah i'm saying that they that that's what would in in in, in history mm-hmm. it's black men have been ter- terrible injustices have been committed against black yeah, men yeah that's the problem but, that's what we're yeah. trying to fix now but but going forward could you imagine listen i mean i, I don't want to say we we've had this stuff happen um to people you and i both know yes and i've seen one accusation just completely blow up and disappear. I've seen it. And if I had taken action based on that accusation, I would have done somebody a terrible injustice. And it's another one of those lessons. Like it it would have been, and I would have never forgiven myself because it just turned out to be totally un. 
true. There's no way to know, though. Everything. Yeah, that's, me, that's everything, right. There's no way to know. It's, it's a case by case basis. There's no universal answer and case by case. And if you have to do, make make some big decisions that ruin somebody's life because you thought you were doing the right thing, then you're in the right. You're not in the wrong. Oh, yeah. you're, you're doing the best you can case by case. And that's all <laughs> you can do. There's no umbrella. Like, what would you do? I'm like, well, let me hear the facts and make a decision based on that. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. It's, I get. It's hard to can, to think that when you think someone did do it, and this motherfucker getting away with it. I get that. That's that's infuriating. Yeah. I, yeah. I get that. Absolutely. But even if yeah, even if they're just accused, they're still able to earn work and earn a living. And I'm like, guys. I mean, give him a break. He didn't even have a break from the accusations to headlining around the country again. That's what I'm saying. Like, how unfair does it need to be? But anyway, I'm sorry, Esther, do you have any closing words? I got to close. I have another. I can't wait to start booking you again. Ah, oh, don't make me working. cry. And working again and open the club All again. All that stuff again. You and know what? I was doing it for 30, what, 40 years now? I don't I remember how to book a show anymore. No, stop it. Because you book, how many shows a night on average, if, if it's really busy, like 10 shows a night? Yeah. It's on, and you guys never seem stressed out by it. And hopefully the vaccine happened because I heard you guys are thinking of some things in the future. I'm sure Noam, because you guys asked me about it. Hopefully that'll happen, right? What things right. in the future? All right, nothing. I got to go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll email you. But thank I'm, a you married, I'm a married man. That's not what I'm talking about. There's nothing to do with that. You want to work, don't you? No, I'm kidding. I mean, I, I mean would it help? Oh. <laughs> I, I Esther gives me more spots than I can physically do. I have no more room. <laughs> I, I would not feel stupid. Message it to me later. Okay, I will. I will. Okay. Thank you, Esther and Noam, so much. It'll be my on my pleasure. YouTube when the whole world will watch it. Thank you. And, and Thank see you guys you. soon. Bye. Be safe. Yeah. I hope the show is okay. Bye. Yes, bye. Thank okay. you, guys. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.